welcome back to Butter With That, a movies podcast um, hosted by a couple of friends from Philly. I'm Sam, and I'm going to be hosting this episode. We are wrapping up sort of our month of food and family, but before we start talking about my pick that I'm very excited to talk about, we're all here. Yeah. So see any good movies, TV shows recently? So Disney Plus just launched, Mm -hmm. and the first movie I watched on it was Tim Allen's The Santa Claus. You didn't. You did. Yes, I did. Put on Aladdin. I have been thinking almost nonstop, either one about Baby Yoda, but two, what Alana said her type is mid transition Tim Allen in The (laughs) Santa Santa Claus (laughs) 2. I can't stop thinking about it, Alana. I don't think I've seen any of those movies. That guy sucks, by the way. He does. Yeah. Tim Allen or Scott Calvin? Tim Allen. Yeah, he does suck. <laughs> but I love that movie. And the second one is terrible, but in the best way. And the third one has some charm to it. Well, there you go. Uh, and then mm. I also watched the first two episodes of The Mandalorian, which Tori also know. Very good. You watched. Yep. Um, yeah, can't wait to see how it wraps up and finishes. Maybe we'll do a special little mini-sode about it. I've, we've also decided to start watching Clone Wars because we've heard that's <gasps> very good. Clone Wars is really good. Uh, so now that all of the things are on Disney, um, which I would like to just say we're not paying for it. Like, we agreed we're not paying for Disney+. Plus, <laughs> But now that it does exist in our household, I can watch Star Wars things, which is nice. And the final season of Clone Wars, the new one, is going to be coming oh, out in like sweet. a few months. Cool. Um. Oh, so... I had the horror movie marathon at the end of October, but they did a final um, show at the International House because the International House, um, the Lightbox Theater inside of it is moving because I think International House got bought. Um, So this is the last Exhumed Films event. It was called The Last Horror Show. So it was five movies in a row. Um, And they were all pretty odd. Um, They all exhibited some form of animal violence in it, which was not my favorite. But... I did watch Humanoids from the Deep, which is really good, and a movie called Devil Fetus, uh, which was fantastic. <laughs> oh, best name. And then a movie about a dude who has a psychic connection with sharks and kills people with sharks uh, who, like, hurt them. Like, mind control sharks. Like, yeah. Okay. yeah, and then hurt. enacts revenge on people who, like, abuse his love of sharks. <laughs> yeah, it was wow. so weird. <laughs> did you have a favorite movie? Um, probably Humanoids from the Deep. Um, it was a little rapey, uh, but besides that, uh, it was like, it was like a weird creature from the Black Lagoon ripoff in like the 70s, so it was pretty crazy. There's a lot of good gore in it. Yeah. Hmm. I watched the first three episodes of His Dark Materials. Oh, how is it? Um, I... Haven't really processed or like have a good sense of how I fully feel about it so far. I think it's moving at a very fast pace, which part of me is like, I want to be sitting with the characters more Mm -hmm. because there's some certain scenes that feel so wonderfully written that most of the scenes involve characters talking to each other about what it means to exist in that universe and like what it means to have a demon and like an experience external soul that is a constantly transforming animal and it's just like those are the things that I want it to like slow down and explore but it has so much mm. material to turn through is it a <laughs> that it's just series? like yeah so okay. I think there's not a lot of clarity around how much it's going to tackle okay. within the first season I will say it looks great um Ruth Wilson I fucking nails it as Mrs. Coulter oh, cool. 
Um, Daphne Keene is great. She, like, brings a lot of energy. She's given a little bit of a Logan, like, uh, like screaming at the beginning, and then she kind of settles into her character a little bit. But I will be curious to, to know what other people think about it. I'm excited. I'm, like, I'm with it. I'm ready to go. Um, I think I still have a little some questions about how it's going to deal with some particular plot points, but hmm. I give it I give it some thumbs up. Does it seem like this season's going to cover book one, The Golden Compass, or well, that they're going to dip into other material? I haven't been doing much reading into it, but conversations I've had make me think that people aren't really sure how much it's going to cover with if it's going to try to do all three books within one season, or if it's two, I heard two <clears throat> seasons and three of three books. I don't know. I don't know. But Alana, I'll be curious to know what your thoughts are. <laughs> Um, I saw The King several times recently, and it is so good. I definitely recommend Timothy Crouton is in it. Um, and honestly, like, I have never really been attracted to him. This movie changed that in a very big way. Is it that bowl cut? Uh, you know what? I, it, I, it both grew on him and then also on me. I'm real um, into that. It's fine. <laughs> but... All right. There's one scene where he's like screaming and he's like, make it England. And I was like, all right. Um, but something that I think is really interesting is that this movie came out and the Outlaw King came out in the same year. And they're both very similar stories of a country being the underdog. And they have this fight in the mud where you're like, oh, they're definitely going to lose. But actually they win because they know the, the, the terrain better. And I mean, thinking about England as the underdog is like not mm. something historically that we really ever do. But I guess, you know, in like 1415, I guess. <laughs> but it's good. It's good. Um, is that the one where Chris Pine is naked? Yeah, okay. briefly. Okay. He like comes out of the. I just remember river. that was like I kept seeing headlines about it, and that was the only thing was that like, hey, there's a movie on Netflix, and Chris Pine is naked. It happens so quickly. <laughs> I didn't even dawn on me, and then I went, what did I just say? And so you know, weird. And they're both yeah. Netflix movies. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, I've been wholly exhausted. I haven't seen anything. <laughs> it's been it's except been a the long lighthouse. Couple weeks. <laughs> Many yeah, times. Yeah. it really has been. Number three. Yeah. Um, cool. Uh, do we want to share? Yes, Allison's we do. email. Guys, you know how happy it makes me when I get an email. It makes email. us all happy. Um, this is from friend of the show, Allison, and the subject line is. No, I mean. Do you want to do it better? Go. No, I mean. Dave's I don't remember the... what the other part of that is. Hey, guys. I was listening to your Logan episode the other day, and the ending was so great. Oh, thanks, Allison. A couple of weeks ago, on site, a group of girls came up to me, probably because I also have a Hydro Flask, and asked, are you a Visco girl? I also had no idea what it meant, and I had to go ask Janae, who's our friend, to explain it to me. So from one Visco girl to another, you guys are the best. Allison. Aww, we love you, Allison. Allison. But also, like, I'm still triggered. I keep getting bullied by tour groups. And I'm sick of it. They're all, like, 10 years old. Why? (laughs) Yeah, I called a group out on it the other day and was like, they just made the noise and looked at me. And I just went, yeah, I know. I have a hydro flask, but it helps the environment, I guess. And it keeps my tea hot. And then they, like, didn't expect me to call them out. So they were just silent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought it was going to be a funny moment. And they were just, like, all like, oh. (laughs) I know. I've definitely had a moment. 
Yeah, I've had a moment where I'm like, what's wrong with being hydrated? You know, mm-hmm. so. Well, now I know to never buy a Hydro Flask so I don't get bullied by 10-year-olds. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't because it's a Visco girl. I mean, I guess you could be a Visco yeah. girl. But like... I feel like Visco girl is a state of mind. Oh, well, all right then. Um, <laughs> Thanks for the email, Allison. Thank you yeah. so much, Allison. We yeah, love yeah, emails. Yeah, yeah. uh, long-time listener of the show. Yeah. Bless. Um, okay, so rolling into my pick for food and family, which is when we first came up with this theme, I was like, that's weird. But actually, every movie that we picked is deeply connected to both food and family. So mine is While You Were Sleeping, 1995's classic hit starring Sandra Bullock and uh, mostly Bill Pullman. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, there are other people, but they don't matter. Um, Peter, uh, what's his name? Gallagher. Peter, Boyle. Peter Gallagher. Oh, Peter, yeah, and Peter Gallagher. Boyle. Yeah. Peter My... Aunt's or cousin is married to him? Yes. Oh, yeah. I didn't imagine oh this earlier. Wait, what? Yeah. My mom dropped that as we were watching that movie for the first time ever. Yeah, my, I don't know, a cousin or something is married to Peter Gallagher. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah. crazy. Can you bring him on the show? While he was in a coma? Oh, my God. <laughs> yes, did, while he was in a did coma. Did she save him on the train tracks? <laughs> I know. I'm like, how did you guys meet? Oh, my God. Based on a true story. <laughs> but Peter Gallagher chose to play himself. Just sit in bed all day. If I sign up for, like, what's it, Ancestry.com, do you think it would give me that information? No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so I love While You Were Sleeping, and I'm not planning on doing a deep dive like we sometimes do with movies, because this one is just, it's simple, it's funny, it's a romantic comedy, and really, I just love it because the chemistry between Sandy and Bill Pullman is so good. So before I ask everyone about their thoughts and favorite scenes, what they thought about it, I'm going to give you a brief it's not that brief. Um, <laughs> it's the next 40 minutes. Disc- God, fuck. A little description about the movie if you haven't seen it, which if you haven't, like, it's been out for like 25 years. And it's Whatever. on Disney Plus. Yeah, it is on Disney Plus. Wait, it is? Yeah. Oh my God, that's really funny. <laughs> um, okay, so we meet Lucy, Sandra Bullock. Uh, I looked this up on Google. A lonely transit worker mm-hmm. on the job. It's repetitive, mundane, but comes with a perk. Every day, Lucy gets to see her prince, Peter Get. Callahan, played by Peter Gallagher, as he rushes through her booth's turnstiles. Christmas Day, however, Lucy's life changes when she saves Peter from relatively certain death. He'd been pushed off a train platform onto the tracks as a train just so happens to be speeding through. Long story short, Lucy visits Peter in the hospital, is mistaken for his fiance, and is essentially adopted by Peter's somewhat estranged family. Lucy goes along with the con, but finds trouble once she begins to have feelings for Peter's brother, Jack, played by Bill Pullman. Dun-dun. Dun, dun. He's also got the best name, like Jack. Jack. I love that name. Jack Callahan. Mm-hmm. What up, you Irishman? Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, if in case you thought that was a twist, all of the posters I see for this movie have Sandra yeah. and Bill Pullman in full embrace. I know. So you're like, if there was any question as to whether they get together like, at the no end of the movie. Is just sleeping. What are you talking about? And also about? it looks like they're like falling into the train track. <laughs> yeah, because it's like they're not even center on yeah, the poster. Yeah, yeah. So many misleading side. clues. <laughs> and you don't cast Bill Pullman without giving him something to do. And you know what? It was Bill Pullman. Bull- Bill Pullman on the side. No. It was Bill Pullman at his Pullmanist. Truly Agreed. 95. Like what's up? That's mm-hmm. one year after Independence Day, right? Is that 94? That's 96. Oh, 96. So before. Oh, my goodness. Um, Okay. So I picked this movie 
for food and family for a couple reasons. Um, obviously, there's this found family element with Lucy and the Callahans, which um, so way to put it. Yeah, well, I guess my I mean, thoughts on that. <laughs> stolen family, stolen family, right? <laughs> um, but this found family narrative has been like a through line, I think, in almost all of our picks, which I think is really interesting. Um, but also, I like the idea of rekindling some old relationships in this too and like food also plays somewhat of a part because they're having like christmas meal but there's one scene in it that almost made me vomit um so uh lucy is sitting at her dining table and she's like come here kitty whatever her cat's name is and she's like pouring milk for it um and she's like definitely going through like oh i'm i'm part of this big old lie and like who are all these people and joe jr like whatever and she just decides to eat an oreo and instead of like having her own glass of milk she dips the oreo into the milk she had just poured for the cat in the cat bowl which has like kibble right next to it I was like, Sour. that is, that's my line. That is it. I love that scene though because it like gives me. you an insight into her life of things. I feel like we, like oh, I know I have habits. On top of everything else, I know that <laughs> I have habits where I was like, if anyone saw me do this, they'd be like, you, f- you're fucking disgusting. But like nobody sees me do this, and like that was just like a little glimmer in, or like a little glimpse into like, I don't know, fucking putting her Oreo in the. Cat's milk bowl. Sam, First of all, that... you're not supposed to feed. Sounds like someone cat, uh, is milk putting to cats. their yeah. Oreos. Yo, all right. You're also talking to someone that used to eat their cat. Like growing up, I used to eat my cat's cat food. Yeah. I'm saying this on air. This is a real. Was thing. it like kibbley kind of? It was kibbles. It wasn't. Yeah, okay. It wasn't like the wet food. It was okay. not wet food. The wet right? food's uh, yeah. I was like very young and like really into the cat's kibble. Anyhow. Sam, I, I love that scene. I know it wow. like Is that your whiteboard really question, Sam? Scene. What gross, disgusting habits <laughs> do you do? <laughs> no, no, but y'all can keep that. She can keep it, you can keep that. Um, okay, so what did you think about the movie? Was this anyone's first time watching it? It was my first time. Aww. I never even heard of this movie. What? Because I was one year old when it came oh, out. For God's sakes. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> it was cute. I liked it. I'm a big fan of Bill Pullman, Sandra Bullock, uh, Peter Boyle, too, from... Lots of movies, um, really distinguished career, and I thought it was really funny, really sweet. Maybe a little long, but yeah, it's really? almost two hours. Yeah, it's about an hour. Yeah, what huh. hour forty five? Rom com should all be like an hour and a half. Yeah, but it doesn't feel. It doesn't. It's really good. It doesn't feel that long. It doesn't. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. Hmm. All right, I watched this at a pretty young age. I think while like flipping through like HBO when we had that or something. And I did not care about, like, the plot of the movie. And, like, I don't really like Sandra Bullock that much, so I definitely didn't care about her. Uh, But I realized Bill Pullman was in it. And I had a real thing for Bill Pullman as the dad in Casper. Well, right, (laughs) because Casper. So I was like, well, of course I'm going to watch this movie. And then it was, like, really cute and great. And, like, I loved it. But, um, yeah, I was wholly in for that movie because of Bill Pullman. All right. Yeah. Any other thoughts about While You Were Sleeping? This movie reminds me of one of my best friends, uh, and we've watched this like as like kind of like as a Christmas movie, mm-hmm. and um, like we have like kind of a collection of like the hi- the holiday highlights, and so I think just rewatching this movie is just a wonderful reminder of like I feel like the people that I watch it with, like I feel like something that we've talked about is not only uh, how the themes and the characters in these movies we talked about talk about family friends bond but like the associations we have with watching these different Mm. types of movies and i think this is a movie that's tender and dear to my heart just because it's like 
yeah, like a fun holiday movie and just, yeah, a really warm. I think this movie is just super warm um, mm-hmm. in its feeling and like in the dynamics among characters. And even in the color. I mean, I think that there's one moment where Lucy's like, yeah, this these are my memories. I don't remember it being as orange as it was. Right, the opening scene. <laughs> like, right? what? <laughs> what is she that? And dad are like on the bridge walking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Spitting like sunflower seeds onto like a boat or in the river. Yeah. Also, when I realized her profession, my immediate thought was our friend Lauren Bennett. Uh, we were going to DC and so we kept hitting toll booths. And I remember she said in the car, You have to say at least eight words to transit workers because they get really depressed because these are really lonely jobs. And so mm-hmm. you have to have like at least like a little bit of a nice conversation with them. And I think about it every time I go through a toll booth now. I like the idea of at least eight words. Yep. <laughs> that is a Lauren thing. Yeah, I for know. sure. That sounds right. <laughs> and also we see that Peter doesn't do that. Yeah. We see as she's falling in love with him, he barely looks in her direction and is mostly like, can you hurry it up? Here's my token until Christmas Day. I think what I really enjoy about this movie, and it's funny you brought up The King, is that it feels like a kind of like the heart of like a Shakespeare comedy. Yeah. Um, of mm. this sort of like things like are like super fast. Yeah, thing. Twelfth Night or like Mistaken Identity. Um, so I think it really tapped into that just like oh, fun, quirky energy of like a Mistaken Identity sort of movie or like Shakespeare comedy. And at no point does she ever say, I am his fiance. And I think that like every conversation, people assume things and like I was like trying to look out through because this is like the third or fourth time I've seen this movie and I was like does she ever actually say yes Mm. I am his fiance and I'm pretty sure at no point she says it there are conversations that are shaped in ways that she can avoid the question Mm. or like things get interrupted or like people just keep talking at her and so I mean she kind of just goes along for the ride why not (laughs) Yeah, well, funny because, like, because like the setup of that, giving her like the loneliest profession ever, just makes it seem like they're setting up for like a crazy person to be like hijacking this. How long would you keep the con up for? That's oh, the thing. that's a great question. I was thinking about that this morning. Where like when I even have to tell just like a very basic white lie in my life, I feel like I have to put so much energy into it because I'm just such an anxious human. And as some of you guys have probably noticed, I have a hard time hiding how I feel in the moment a lot of the time. So, like, to have to, like, act out a scene like that gives me so much stress. I can't imagine trying to, like, have this huge lie where I'm, like, a totally different person. Oh, no. It would be terribly stressful. No, I would probably just die. Like, (laughs) I could not keep that up. Well, that's what I think is so funny is when she's in the the, uh, hospital room because Peter... Callahan's in a coma. He like she talks out loud to herself. I'm gonna marry him. And some nurse hears, takes him up because the nurse thinks that they're actually engaged. And then the family. Well, the nurse just... is actually John and Joan Cusack. Uh, no, no, no. It's John Travolta's sister. Yes. What? Oh, yeah. oh, there's a Cusack right. connection, but it's wow. also John Travolta's sister. Sorry, keep going. Mm. Um, <laughs> and so they just keep talking over her. So it had that very, like, theatrical kind of energy of, like, misunderstanding that will be resolved over the course of, you know, an hour and a half, and two hours. And never that good moment to be like, oh, by the way. Right. And she gets into, <laughs> and plus all the coincidences, because she basically moves into Peter's life, even though he's in a coma. It's like, oh, she has a cat because he finds, she finds, like, uh, what, tuna? Canned tuna? Which was a good move. Karina. She realized this cat wasn't going to be fed mm-hmm. because the guy yeah. is in a coma. So she, you know, she's like, all right, I'm going to 
take this responsibility and go to his house, check out his like dope apartment in <laughs> downtown Chicago. But you know, she has to take care of the cat. So all of these just like very like theatrical heightened things of like coincidence after coincidence after coincidence means that Bill Pullman can't find out that she's actually a liar. I think the key moment though is when she knows that Saul knows. So Saul yeah. is like he's like the Godfather, uh, Peter's and he's Godfather, their next door neighbor, and Peter's Godfather. And so he's like a close member of the fa- or like friend and basically a member of the family. But once he tells her, he knows her the truth. I feel like that is a key moment where she's like, at least I don't have to bear the secret by myself mm-hmm. that she. Shares that. Yeah, you're still like, I don't know. But he's the one who tells her, keep it up. Like, you're a beautiful member of the family. And and Sam, in the outline you sent to us, I think that's definitely an interesting idea of like, why? Like, why is this? (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, Dave. I thought you. I thought you had no, something. no. I'll, I'll, I'll say my piece when Dave's I'm ready. Just stewing in the corner. <laughs> He's ready. He's just spinning in his chair. Um, yeah. I don't know. I guess. I guess he's sort of like I see the good in you, mm-hmm. and realize like this family can really help you, and like you're. I guess like sees through her, which is not necessarily realistic, but definitely this heightened world. Well, I mean, that's the other part of this movie. I think that there are some things that are so, so intensely relatable. And then the other half is, like, laughably impossible. Mm-hmm. Like, this will never happen. But, like, the the working over the holidays, working in a shitty job that, like, mistreats you all the time. And, um, you know, uh, interacting with the public and their caught garbage sometimes. Also, like, I think there are just so many people that don't realize that... People who do not have standard office jobs, mostly, mm-hmm. have to work on the weekends and fucking holidays a lot of the time. Well, and the fact that her boss guilts her. Yeah. And to be yeah. like, well, you're, you're the only one that doesn't. And then she has to finish, have a family. It's like, that's fucking manipulative. Fuck you. Yeah. I, ne- I hated that guy. And he yeah. never got his comeuppance for being a really shitty boss. And mm-hmm. I get he's like, well, I want to see my family. It's like, yeah, well, I want to be at home and not fucking working on Christmas Day. Fuck yeah. you. What was it Gerald? Is that his name? <laughs> Jerry? Jerry? <laughs> fuck, fuck, fuck you, Gerald. Fuck you, Gerald. Jeez. Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. But, like, there are so many, like, if you, I feel like if you haven't worked a job like that, it would be hard to kind of recognize that. But, like, you know, if anyone's listening, recognize that, like, people work on the fucking holidays, <laughs> you huh. assholes. Oh, why are you open? That's such a shame. Yeah, because you're fucking here. Yeah. You came here. If you didn't come, we wouldn't have been here. Yeah. And I don't want to deal with your family bullshit, mm-hmm. which is the reason why you probably left the house to come here. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I put this in the little outline, but things that are deeply improbable, um, being able to work at the transit office <laughs> and then afford an apartment in Chicago. Yeah, I like that Like note. a one-room apartment like, in 19... 19- here's the... Here's the here's my you thought process. Twelve roommates. I'm like, I I don't even want to be this asshole, but I have to be. A token one ride costs a dollar fifty in ninety five in Chicago. It is two fifty now to ride Septa one the way. Do the math. How can she afford that? I'm sorry. Well, it's not like she's collecting the fare herself. No, but I'm saying if like if that's how much one train ride costs right well, like a dollar fifty yeah. oh no 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 what i'm getting at is that that's pretty pricey for one ride back uh, in 1995 uh, 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 uh. yeah so if that's how much a train costs how much would a one bedroom apartment mm-hmm. in chicago uh, in a nice yeah. place cost yeah. yeah how are you affording that that person's probably making like the same amount of money that they'd be making now yeah like, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's how right? yeah like, that's yeah, how that is true 
I think this is a great time to talk about the people that she's sharing this building with. Yes. Oh, God. Uh, my favorite character of the movie. No. Yes. No. <laughs> Joe Jr. They're stereotypical, hey, I'm living here with my dad. You want to go on a date with me? Kind of like gross guy who just really loves her. And at the end, of, I think he has a really great character arc. I would agree. There, <laughs> Thank I, you, Christine. I, I agree because there's definitely some queasy dynamics between Joe Jr. and Sandra uh, and Lucy. He appears at her door at odd hours and is like, why don't we Tries go on, on a her date? shoes. I got uh, you two tickets to uh, ice capades. You need to go you with know. me. Like, it's ice very... I know. So it's like, come on. She passed up ice capades. He knows a guy. He knows a guy. And... There are definitely, yes, some extremely queasy uh, scenes involving him and Lucy. But I think there's also, by the by the end, you just see another pretty lonely person just wanting human connection. And they're, like, after the whole, you know, she's discovered and she gets with Bill Pullman and all this thing, they just have, like, this, like, embrace mm-hmm. that it's like, I understand, like... I'm lonely and you're like it, it's just it's just a wonderful recognition of like um, how loneliness can sort of manifest itself mm-hmm. and and then that I think is just such a nice transformation that mm-hmm. their relationship goes through and they're both living false lives mm-hmm. him is, is he that he's a false the life? well that he has this tough bravado and that okay. he's this well, macho he guy that he is dating her to uh, to Jack at one point mm-hmm. as well yeah. which is a lie but also, <laughs> almost every every one of our main characters does this at one point, right? They're all it, deeply, intensely lonely. Like, whether it's Lucy, Jack, Peter, Joe Jr., Saul, even. Um, because, you know, he, he talks about... And then even even the family. Like, I love Peter's family so much. There's the, I mean, they remind me of Oh, my God. Family. Elsie uh, gets all the best lines. She, oh, <laughs> my God. She when she's, like, at the mass. Grandma? Yeah. <laughs> when she's like, I, I miss when they did it in Latin because then you didn't know what they're saying. <laughs> oh, my God. And how she's always taking photos. Oh, yeah, yeah, my yeah. God. But it's just, like, even those characters, there's this one... Um, this one scene where they're all having dinner and they're all having independent conversations. Someone's talking about mashed potatoes. Someone's talking mm. about like Argentinian Nazis. And you're like, where does it, wh- who, what is this even happening? But it just shows that even in like a really large and loving family, people can still feel lonely. Yeah. Well, then you have the dynamic between the father and the sons. Mm. Because it used to be, because they, um, Peter Boyle owns uh, an estate furniture company. So basically somebody dies, they go to the estate auction, buy all the furniture, and then resell it. Uh, And so it used to be Callahan and Sons. Then Peter Gallagher, he went off to go to law school. Now it's just Bill Pullman's that's um, Callahan and Son. And then Bill Pullman is like, I really want to be a carpenter. I want to make these tables and chairs and sell them, but he doesn't want to break his dad's heart. So even he's like living this. Mm -hmm. Double life. That should have been the name of the movie. Life. Wait, it was the working title was um, like Coma Man or Man oh, in oh, a yeah, Coma. Oh yeah, Coma Man. It was Coma Man. Yeah. Oh wait, Sam, did you look up who the director was? Because I feel like that was kind of funny. It's John Turtletaub. Yeah. So and he's I a BoJack, or there's a BoJack further. reference. There right? is a BoJack character uh, he that's um, directed Cool Runnings. Uh, National Treasure one and, and two, two, as oh, well Jesus. as the Meg. Yes. <laughs> yeah, interesting what a resume. Prolific career. Wow. I know. I like read the, the first thing that popped up when I like just looked up his name was the Meg, and I was like, no, he did it. 
Did you did you like that? Oh, I mean, it's dumb, but it's so much fun. Oh, thank God, it's like <laughs> yeah. my favorite movie of twenty eighteen. <laughs> well, I mean, you know what? This while you were sleeping was like a huge success. I think it cost like seventeen million dollars. It made like a hundred and eighty two mm. million. Mm-hmm. So I I mean that's why he was able to do yeah. National Treasures and The Meg. Mm-hmm. This oh, was her. This was Sandra Bullock's uh, role right after Speed. Yeah, she was oh. relatively oh. unknown. Interesting. And- I mean, no, she was known obviously after yeah. Speed, but she wasn't the Sandra Bullock of the 21st well, century. It was offered. The part was offered apparently to Julia Roberts, who regretted not taking it because oh, then at that had. by that time she was already very well firmly established and so on. When I looked uh, while you were sleeping up on Netflix to see if it was on there, uh, one of the things was like, you know how it's like, well, related to, mm-hmm. and it doesn't have it, and it was Mona Lisa smile. No. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> <was> like, no. <laughs> I think this was because it's almost Thanksgiving when we're recording this, and I mm-hmm. thought this was a really great tying in the food and family mm-hmm. of what does family mean? You know, you brought yeah. up the point of that a lot of our movies have been about found families. We're still in uh, family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Stolen> <laughs> family. Uh, I just felt like this was like really heartwarming, um, almost like Thanksgiving, like family, like snuggle up in a blanket and just watch like a heartwarming movie. Um, that also has like a soap opera y in a good way kind of feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's got that like warm '90s family does, movie yeah. feel to it, you it's know. Definitely why I picked mm-hmm. it. Yeah, it's like mm, this feels like the holidays. Mm-hmm. Do you think the snow is real? <gasps> oh, good question. Do you know? I don't know. I don't oh, have okay. the answer. I didn't even think look about it for every movie. I just or Christine just have a segment for uh, every episode. <laughs> I just think that the the scenes right on the like water. I don't know what mm. the main river is through Chicago, but like the lights, the snow, the oh wait. We can't not talk about Sandra's overcoat and the hat. Her outfits are amazing. Yes. She fucking rocks the she like does. long she length really... overcoat yeah. with scarf and hat. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yes. That's a tough look. Yeah. It's just, I mean, she just, yeah. I'm like, every style that she rocks in that whole movie is just amazing. And she pulls it off so well. I do have another beef with this movie other than the Oreo and the milk thing, Mm -mm. (laughs) which is the amount of tinsel that she puts on the tree. Here's the thing. She puts it on the cat at one point, too. (laughs) Any good cat owner, any good animal owner knows that you can't have tinsel, especially with cats, because they'll eat it. And then it's like shards for their intestines. Mm -hmm. So, like, it could seriously hurt them. And she put that tinsel on the cat! The doorbell rings and she's putting the tinsel on the tree and she just looks down at her cat and just places it on the cat's back and you're like I was like screaming (laughs) I I mean that that. that is the core problem with this movie obviously (laughs) Uh, can I listen uh, a beef I have with this movie what? A beef I have with this movie? Yeah. The one instrumental song that they use yeah. throughout every scene, whether it's an emotional scene, a loving scene, a sad scene, it's that same, like, maybe 30 seconds of music. It's like, dun, 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 Oh, it's dun, so dun, mid-90s, dun, dun. though. I, that was one of my was favorite like, parts of this another, movie. another, <laughs> like, different tone of, like, it's the same exact set of music it's every... Edelman, uh, Randy Edelman, he, like, writes a lot of those like oh i tried to look that up i for yeah i forget edelman yeah he he's done a lot i thought it said elfman at first and i was like that's not not danny but like (laughs) but like i've seen yeah him his name and like a lot of those same little ditties that are like isn't this isn't this little foible hilarious but they do it when he's like 
on the bed passed down his brother's like talking playing cards of like well i want to be with lucy but you're engaged to lucy like that's like a kind of like emotional scene but it's still like (laughs) oh that's the best when the music doesn't match the scene i love it when that happens Mm. any other thoughts just that while you were oh, yeah. clearly James has been stewing. I have a lot of thoughts. Very so quiet. I mean, I like this movie. I really, I did really like it. Um, was this your first time seeing it? Or? Yeah, it was. Oh, yeah. Okay. And um, you know, I'm not much for the rom com genre generally, um, but this one I think is you know one of the better ones I've ever seen. It's re- it really is pretty solid and true to uh, to the genre conventions and format. But in that, I think a lot of stuff is strangely framed. Like the, uh, the notion of like, um, I don't know. Like it's, it's just so, it's a terrifying premise. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it sure is. Like it's, um, you know, uh, and I guess we're sold on it because like, you know, Sandra Bullock is like this lonely person, but whether or not that justifies her infiltrating a family and (laughs) co-opting their shared (laughs) trauma. Right. Like the morality. in, In a very, in a very vulnerable moment. Right. Is okay. Um, also, the family just sort of being like so quick to be like, uh, "Oh, there's a mistletoe. You know what you have to do, uh, fiance of Peter's fiance, who's so in a coma, so and Jack, his sister. brother. Yeah. You have to kiss. By the way, we put the mistletoe under the front door. This isn't going to come up again. Uh, <laughs> um, also, I feel like Jack's a little bit creepy at times. Like the whole thing with like he's playing cards with his like his brother who's in a coma and they're always so quick to say in those medical scenarios like oh you know speak to them they can absorb this and they, they might be thinking about it and he's sitting there saying like yeah we're just shooting the shit and playing cards but I want to steal your fiance bro and he gets a little possessive at one like the whole leaning oh, scene is a little bit whole thing. and also and Joe Jr. but there's a great in. moment with Joe Jr. in that and who is he to say that he spends like five minutes falling on one patch of sidewalk because Ooh, it's icy yeah. so he can <laughs> fall all over Sandra Bullock. Yeah, you fell five times, and Jack. his pants okay. just like, his ass is just hanging out. So there's just a lot of stuff that I think is like, <laughs> is covered by the blanket of like, and, and not, not not in a way that's a problem, it's just weird. Like, like it's, it's a rom-com, so uh, every character is sort of like, at their most vulnerable, kind of just uh, a collection of their various quirks. Like, I don't feel like there's too much emotional exploration behind, beyond them being like, either like cute and jovial or like introspective without emoting Mm -hmm. um which is you know pretty typical of the genre but like Mm. in this scenario there's like a lot of thinking to do like this is kind of a crazy (laughs) situation and like Saul just going along with it is like a totally baffling thing to me because his his little thing is like well you know uh, I want I want to if I'm here to protect this family to make sure that you know no one does harm to this family he was vaguely threatening um and like yeah, in that scene, I'm like, okay, this makes sense. Uh, but then he's immediately just like, well, you know what? A little wink. It's all good. We'll just keep it a little secret because this is bringing them back to Peter, who we find out in the end is just kind of an asshole they don't like when he's been cheating with a married woman anyway. And that's the last we see of him when the family shows up and he proposes after a, what, like two weeks, which is wonderfully convenient. He's I mean, not that's there. a classic rom com thing. Like whether it's the wedding is interrupted because I love someone else, and then the person that's like left at the altar is like meh. I didn't like you anyways. It's like, I feel like that's a, cl- uh-huh. that's like an essential rom-com trope. Also, wouldn't that you things be mad? Seem to worry out, like, <laughs> seem, things seem to work out where the person is like, 
Yeah. You know, I didn't want this situation Like, anyways. yeah, you're right. Well, <laughs> he plays it really well. well I, I mean, think he's great in the movie. sell it was with Peter Gallagher with a speech to Jack. I think it was the Jack of like, well, I don't know if I'm going to love her now. Like, I'm going to learn more about her over the course of a day or right, a month. Right. Or, so I think what helps make it at least more, I don't know if relatable is the right word, but more enjoyable is like, he's so sincere in trying to better <laughs> himself through the wrong way of just marrying this uh, random woman, but he's so sincere well, in trying to better himself. The other thing too, like with Dave, like with what you were saying, like the whole like Saul thing, part of me is just like, if, okay, like you're doing this because this is like helping the family and everyone's bonding and closer because of this like giant lie. But like, you know what really bonds a family in real life is when crazy shit happens that uh-huh. you can bring up at every family gathering. Like, remember that time some crazy bitch tried to infiltrate our family? Remember when our sense of trust in each other and the world at large was shattered by this stranger? Like, that is the shit that a family gets like shit faced and laughs at. Like, come on. Well, what. If there was a sequel to this movie 20 years later, it'd be like at Christmas Day. It's like, remember when your Aunt Lucy was pretending to be engaged to Uncle Peter? I know. The How We Met story is. Yeah, I would love to see the How We Met story. There's no way that family gatherings aren't going to be a little awkward after this, you know? Someone's (laughs) not talking to somebody. This is going to be a whole. This is a freight train of a situation bashing through this family. Once a year, someone in my family doesn't show up for a family gathering because of something way less than that. Like, come on. Just the, the suspension of disbelief. I know. Yeah. Well, that's, and that's the thing is like, and that's my trouble with rom-coms a lot of the time too, is like characters are an emotional framework that's supposed to make us feel good pretty much the entire movie. So I can't really rest my hat on the severity of any situation they experience. Mm. But I think those points that you brought up about what makes it so weird just adds to the hilarity of the movie. I mean, it works in this one yeah. particularly. Like, this is one where, like, those are pretty superficial, like, just context complaints. But, like, I think it works as a movie and is really fun. And, and honestly, I, I had a great time watching. There were several lines that, like, cracked me up. Oh, but not the least of which is the one, oh, God, when she's talking to her friend by the hot dog stand. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he's just talking about, like, what, what does he say? Something to the effect of, like, when I told my mother, who, the woman I wanted to marry, her intestines exploded. <laughs> I was like on the floor with that one. And that was a weird plot line of like, if I tell the truth, grandma's gonna die. I know. Yeah, that too. That was. Oh, I mean, I believed Stakes it. Are the high. way that that actress well, played no Elsie, I would have believed it. Yeah. Well, and then at the wedding, it's like, grandma, you okay? She's like, I'm great, and she takes a photo. <laughs> like, you're like, yeah, grandma was fine. Grandma Fuck. loves true love. There's not um, a wonderful moment too that uh, I, don't, I don't remember what they're talking about, but Peter is uh, talking with Jack like when he's come to in the hospital, and like. Uh, Peter just says something about like his life and the person that he was leading up to the coma just to give us some context and there's just like a slight beat pause in Jack's response before he continues is just ew and then he just keeps going which is actually amazing Peter's youthful claim to fame in the newspaper was young boy rescues squirrels from like like certain near death. death or certain death oh my god and that Peter reveals to his brother Jack like, no, that not he fucking threw stones at the tree and then injured the squirrels and then saved them. right right and well and like, Peter's living a double clearly... life too this ideal yes, prince everyone version everyone is living, living a double life and then things get revealed over the course of this implausible uh, I would love to see somebody <laughs> take this movie and make a horror trailer they've done that oh. have they I, done have that they really? oh, it's really yeah. good oh we gotta watch that yeah I just it's like okay so a class classic story is sleeping beauty and everyone seems to buy that and so this is essentially a sleeping 
beauty Peter Gallagher story. And so, like, <laughs> this is, I mean, he's a sleeping he's beauty. He's on Disney like, Plus, so he's on a Disney, Disney princess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's essentially that. And so it's like, I Got think it's point. also a wonderful, like, wink at, like, these classic stories that, like, are embedded in Hollywood narratives. And it's like, all right, if we really saw this play out in, like, a supposed real world what would it be like to fall in love that someone's sleeping and then them wake up and be like oh you're supposed to love me now and also <laughs> worth noting horrifying. <laughs> yes yeah the whole thing but it's also worth noting that the original script for this it was coma man and it was a reverse <laughs> it was a reverse gender scenario where the man falls in love with a woman in a coma but they nixed oh, it because they thought really it would creepy. be yeah. quote too predatory meanwhile this movie's fucking scary yeah <laughs> wow 90s yeah. way to go that's like the joss whedon feminist <laughs> um, also gave us Drop Dead Fred, which uh, if we ever talk about creepy ass 90s movies, I look forward, to, I look forward like to rewatching that movie oh for the God. podcast. God, it's going to happen movie. one of these days. I loved yeah. that movie. I've never seen it. It's so good. All right. While you were sleeping, any final things you want to say about it? I did love it. Chef's kiss. It was a lot of fun. (laughs) One element that I thought was interesting was very Catholic movie. Yeah. Like, oh, repeatedly. Callahan's. It's just funny of like, I feel like a lot of movies don't really dive into religion, but this movie waded into those waters and like Saul is Jewish, but it's like, well, how did you become his godfather? It's like, they made an exception for me. Like, just like, I don't know, just interesting. Another layer to the movie that I think added some texture. Yeah. I hear that. Hmm. Anything else? God, it's bonkers. This movie's nuts. It's this. Jesus. It's just so, so insane. But so, but, or should be frightening, but isn't because they did it well. But it's frightening. <laughs> I, I think it's also a time capsule of the mid 90s. Mm. I don't think this movie would ever be made in 2019. This would have been a great yeah. pick for 90s month yeah. last year. Yeah. Or this yeah. year. Um. <laughs> Well, I love this movie, and I'm glad we talked about it. Thanks for um, also enjoying this movie. Um, I had a really great conversation. We are going to take a quick break, come back with the whiteboard question, not white boy question, although I feel triggered every time I say it Mm. now. Um, So stay tuned. I fell in love with you. You fell in love with me? No. No, yes. All of you. I went from being all alone to being a fiance, a daughter, a granddaughter, sister, and a friend. I might have saved your life on the tracks that day, but you know what? You really saved mine. You allowed me to be a part of your family, and I haven't had that in a really long time. Right, welcome back to Butter with That. We... What a great song! <laughs> what a great transition indeed, song. beautiful, so beautiful. Well done, <laughs> best yet. <laughs> um, okay, so we're gonna wrap up this episode, Jesus God, um, with our whiteboard question. So. Um, one of my favorite parts about while you're sleeping is the fantastical nature of the whole thing. Um, it's basically like a young girl's daydream come true. So the question is, if your daydream wish could be granted like Lucy's, what would it be? Hmm. Hmm. I have an answer. Okay. Um, and this is true 
when I was a kid, and this is true now, I desperately wished every morning that I woke up that my high school had a water main break. <laughs> because I was like, I just need a day. I just need a day. Even then. Even then. And the year after I graduated, on the news, Hanover Area High School closed due to a water main break. Whoa. The year after I graduated. That's So fucked. it came true, Damn. but I also... Am now wishing this happens at work, considering all the construction it that really we're doing. Could. Oh, it please, could. You're right. please close, just close for a day. But for I that need it. For specific reason. For, yeah, water yeah. main break. Like if it closes for another reason, like eh, whatever, yeah, fuck, fuck up. Yeah. There was that one day it almost happened. Remember when the yes. street flooded? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, but it wasn't oh, inside. Yeah. I know. I waited all goddamn day for something more to happen with that. No, I mean, if that fucking gate s- swinging down in the snow <laughs> didn't close us. Or even the power going out. Fuck. We'll never get Um, I have a kind of fun answer. Okay. So this goes back to, it was like first or second grade. Wow. We read uh, Where the Wild Things Are. And so for a project, uh, we had to, on a big poster board, draw our ideal, like, island to live Mm -hmm. on. And so I built a giant castle that had a dog on it, lots of video games. At that time, it was the Nintendo 64, and the dog had a special controller that if you press a button, you could beat the game. (laughs) And it was just me and this dog playing video games all day and living on this castle island. Oh, I love that. Yeah, so that was my first, I think I saw, I think my mom saw the poster, like, in the attic. I have something very similar to that. I'm just going to, because y'all will find this funny. So I love Pokemon when I was a kid, and I wanted to be a, a gym master. Mm. And I wanted to be the, because fi- I loved the fire types. So I wanted to be the fire gym master. And you know the Dragon Castle and Shrek. Yes. I wanted that to be my gym. Ooh. Ooh. Yes. <clears throat> Toast. That'd be amazing. Toasty. Yeah. With my Charizard and Growlithe. Aw. There you go. Speaking of Shrek, real quick, I saw Shrek the Musical. No, you didn't. At a high school in Wilkes-Barre. Oh boy, Anticoke. Uh, no, uh, uh, Christ, right uh, Holy Redeemer. Oh god. Um, it was terrible. We left that intermission. Great. You know, some kids were really talented, but they all had really shitty mics, mm-hmm. which was a shame. But it was terrible. No surprise. No surprise. Um, other daydreams to come true. I think the the one thing I can really think of is that when. I was very young, like from like four to maybe like 13, 14. Uh, I wanted to be a marine biologist, but specifically with the goal in mind that I would be the person that discovered the Loch Ness Monster. Oh, Oh my God. Um, That all makes sense. So I had this like little computer, like this like little red and blue plastic thing that my mom bought me just so I could do math problems on it. <laughs> I didn't do fucking math problems. I just used it as my science journal and like logged my data every day as far data. as like <laughs> how close I was to what finding a- the existence of the Loch Ness Monster. What data does a fucking five-year-old have? <laughs> I don't know. I just typed nonsense into a fake computer. <laughs> Still haven't Still haven't been to Loch Ness. <laughs> Suspect something's afoot there. <laughs> that was probably Hours the best investment. Of my life. Probably the best investment in a present ever. I know. Uh, you better believe I lost my mind when Google released the Google Worlds thing, but it was like they put a camera in Loch Ness, and I had it saved on my computer so I could just like check it sometimes. Not for a couple of years, but like it's research. Like mom. within recent years, I have looked at the Google to see if. I can find uh, Nessie. Mm. So uh, that would be my my daydream coming true. Would that be where you'll go on your honeymoon? Loch Ness? Oh, man. 
I would like to just hang out in Scotland and be drunk by the uh, the Loch Ness and yell at the water. So, yeah. <laughs> Get out of here, you old so and so. Let's do that. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Christine, Dave. You got one? Um, I think I feel like I've talked. I don't know. There was some episode where we were talking about like childhood. I don't know. I think something that came to mind was I was a big Dear Diary journal. That's right. Oh, yeah. Documentarian. I think my big daydream was that, like, I would, like, publish my memoir, like, my fucking, like, eight to 12-year-old fucking bullshit writing, and that I'd, like... Someone would open. Someone would the, open the my journal. That's like bright pink. Oh my god! Yeah. So I had like I went from dolphins on the front, mm-hmm. spiral ring dolphin, and then I graduated with leather bound journal. Hell yeah! Yes. And I probably always daydream. So I was always daydreaming that like these would be read by uh, people other than me. Like, <laughs> like. Yep adult me being like oh god i'm so embarrassed but yeah i think it would be published and that all of the like hours i spent not doing schoolwork and like not achieving in school like would be made up for the fact that like we found these memoirs like an investment oh yeah i think i wrote yeah i think i wrote a entry uh where i was like Newscaster Anderson Cooper is really cute. Aww. <laughs> I think I legit. Anyhow. Well, he is. He, I mean, is. he is. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Well, I don't think it was ever meant to be, but. <laughs> never say never. Well, yeah. anyhow. <laughs> I think that's my uh, <laughs> elementary to middle school fantasy right there. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Dave? Um. <laughs> I mean, I guess my fantasies of that time would probably be pretty similar to my fantasies now as an adult. As far as my kind of uh, daydreaming, uh, wandering mind goes, it would probably be something like um, riding astride an armored Tyrannosaurus Rex with a chain gun in one hand nice. and a chainsaw in the other, cleaving my way through an army of uh, dissenting robots. Nice. Whoa. You should get that as like a back piece or something. I think that'd be pretty dope. Yeah. That'd be, yeah. Yeah. Somebody needs to like render that, like make this mm-hmm. an animation. All right, Butterfam, whoever. Butterfam, <laughs> skilled <clears throat> illustrators here. Well, I hope these all come true. Um, <laughs> Me too. God, yeah, what a amazing. show that would be. Yeah, uh, mostly because I want to read Christine's journals. You definitely yes, do please. not. I please Wait, bring them in. There is some kind. We should all bring in. No, you read your journals. I'll Absolutely read my data. Not. Yo, I'll yes, I would totally do that. No, I will. I I'll will. I'll bring my T Rex. I, I will not. Um, okay, everybody. Convenient close. <laughs> it's time to end. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Butter with That. Follow us on social media at Butter with That on Instagram, at Butter with That One on Twitter, Butter with That Podcast at gmail.com. Tori, do you have things to things to play? Yeah, right now, um, I well, by the time this episode comes up, I'll have a couple movie reviews up. One for a movie called Serendipity, which is a documentary I have to review this week, and then one called White Snake, which is um uh think it's a japanese cartoon uh and then i just wrote my my um uh, cinema 76 article on drive as one of like my favorite movies of the decade so uh that just came up today so you should check it out i'm pretty happy with how it turned out cool Woo-hoo. nice 
All right. Um, big shout out to our friends Alyssa and Misty for the launch of their new podcast, Witch Path. Yeah, check it um, out. Yeah, some butter with that involvement <laughs> as well. Uh, so definitely check that out. We'll be sure to have them guest on. And yeah, yeah. super proud of them. Yay. Yay. Friends. All right. Well, bye.